Hello, welcome to the Magic Musicals and Theatre podcast. And this week, my guest is a soul singer and a musical theatre star. He is Shauna Scoffrey. Shauna Scoffrey, welcome yes. to the Magic Musicals and Theatre podcast. Oh, fantastic. You look actually you look terribly fit and well, I have to say. We were just talking about the weather and what a lovely yes. spring we were having. Yeah. And you look very sort of spring-like. Oh, mate, I love him. Um, I, yeah. I love the hot weather and the spring and the sun and all yeah. of that. So, yeah. So, Don't, it cheers us up, it doesn't does. it? It does. Yeah. It does. Now, uh, you may not know, but I give all my guests a cake. Oh, okay. Now, other people had a choice, so you've still got a choice because there are actually four, <laughs> right. four mini cupcakes. Now, these are the best cupcakes ever. Right, they look They are really good. So they're, they're, You've got a choice of an Oreo cookies and cream mm-hmm. one, which is self-explanatory. You can yeah. see the Oreo cookie on it. Or I think that's a more caramelly type toffee one. Ooh, or gonna... is your body such a temple that you're not going to? Well, put it's one a temple oops. up until just now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to nick this one here. Yeah. The Oreo. Yeah. Shall mm. I introduce you while you're munching? Yes, I will. Please. Yeah. Shauna <laughs> Scoffrey, hugely successful soul singer, currently playing Mufasa in The Lion King. Um, we will talk about The Lion King mm-hmm. in a bit. Let's go back because I like to. Discuss people's roots. Okay. So, uh, born in London. Whereabouts yes. in London? Sorry, I, I know you're still just finishing. East London. Um, do you know Forest Gate? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. Mm. So, I grew up in Forest Gate all my life, really. Um, so, you could kind of say, you know, born and bred East London, really. And um, then my family moved to Ilford. And yeah, and that's kind of, we, you know, we stayed there for a while until I moved out and. Mm. And you, your family were all musical, weren't they? Yes, so I mean, was... my my mother was a um, was a kind of, back in the day was a singer songwriter, so she would kind of you know I said I've got some great memories actually of her back in the day. Like it usually happened on a Sunday evening after dinner, and she was in like a, a girl group thing, so kind of like a lovers rock kind of reggae thing, and um, it's her and her two cousins. And they kind of get together and start writing songs and whatever. So me and my sister growing up was it just we our household was just surrounded by music constantly. And my dad was a, a kind of like a part-time kind of budding DJ at the time as well. So the thing is, it was more of a hobby for him to more than anything else. But he had a vast record collection. It was huge. I mean, he'd kind of they'd be stacked up against the walls and cupboards and and that's when vinyl was kind of like the thing. So Again, we'd have a, you know, for me, a reluctant kind of music education. You'd go, right, Sean, come, we're going to play some music. So it'd be kind of from Bob Marley to all the soul greats to the Beatles and Phil Collins, you name it, the Rolling Stones, he had it all. And at the time, I didn't appreciate it because I just wanted to go and, you know, play with my cars. <laughs> Do you know what right. I mean? So yeah. it's one of those things. But yeah, we, we grew up in a real musical background. Yeah. And so obviously coming from a musical background like mm. that, it made absolute sense that you went to study architecture, building and construction. <laughs> of course exactly. it did. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So my next question is, yeah. if, if like there was a plumbing problem, yeah. the, would you be able to fix it? I wouldn't have a clue. Oh. I would not have a clue. The thing is, right, it's like... I was just kind of trying to, you know, fit into a, a hole that really didn't work for me, you know. My family, as much as they were musical, they were all about the academics, academics, academics. So I was like, okay, you know, my dad um, by trade was a carpenter anyway. So I was like, right, okay, I'm going to, 
and you know going to that kind of field you know architecture kind of um <clears throat> i fancied that so i thought you know i'd have a go and um, so i studied i did that for two a year i did a, a b-tech first and the b-tech national building construction and i was just about to go to university i was applying for university and i'll tell you what changed my mind actually i was um i was working in a, um, a building firm and I've got nothing against it, any of that kind of stuff, you know. Very my, careful what you say. Exactly. Don't upset every builder in the I will country. Not, no. And I will not upset my brother because he's, um, <laughs> he's just finished his master's. In the same, you know, so it's a building quantity of surveyors. That's what he does. Very, very bright. And um, so, you know, I was sitting down in the office and um, the guy said, you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to love Fridays. I was like, oh, okay. He goes, you know, we, what did he say? He said, we have, hey, what did he say? He said something. Silly. And I was like, oh, okay, you know what? This isn't for me. I can't remember what he said offhand, but I thought, right, I need a change of um, career. You know, I need to kind of go whatever. I wasn't even too deep into it at the point at the time. But what did happen, and also what kind of helped to change my mind, was that at college I was doing, uh, I, I, just as I finished that course, um, I made friends with all the performing arts people in the college. So it was like, um, and at the time it was Idris Elba. He was there. Oh, he's one of my good friends. And it was Sarah, Sarah Webb. The influence, I don't know if you know the influence. Um, that like soul funk band back in the 90s, and who else was there? So, anyway, so they were quite an influence on me, really, <clears throat> because I'd be knocking about with them guys, and it was like a, a scene out of fame, really. Everyone's in the canteen and they're kind of making the music around the guitar and you know, banging on the table and you know, singing. And us, I, so I jumped in and started singing because I've always sung, came very natural to me. And um, <clears throat> so Idris looked at me. And I'm carrying on saying, I don't know what we were singing. He looked and he goes, what are you doing? Exactly what we just said. He goes, what are you building doing? Building a construction. Yeah, something they're building. He goes, you what? So yeah, building construction. He said, no, no, mate. No, man, you need to stop this. <laughs> and that's when, uh, and also Sarah kind of um, really pushed me, you know, she goes, listen, Sean, I've got a studio session for you. I think you'd be great at it. And so, you know, so she introduced me first to the studio and writing and then started working with the influence a bit and we put out little bits and pieces i put out little things with them as well i mean i think you do need someone to sort of give you that confidence to make mm. the to take the risk because yeah, it exactly. is a risk and you know it it's safe of course you could have gone into building and construction yeah. i'm sure you would have had a very happy life and you know yeah. whatever but you need someone to say actually you yeah. can do the do other this. thing yeah this but is it, possible but it's a risk you said that you really learned to sing in church yes that that, that your faith helped to push you to mm. to new limits yeah let's talk about explain that i'll tell you i'll tell you how it kind of that happened it's like so yes yeah, so you know went to college and it was in college that i kind of you know was chatting to people about faith and god as you do you start trying to discover new things and you know new ways of thinking and um and i was chatting to a friend of mine and, you know, he used to go to church or he, you know, went to church. And he's like, you know, you should come. He goes, you know, you, you know, I think whoever says so asking all these questions about God and all this kind of stuff, we got into a big debate. <clears throat> anyway, so, you know, I, I ended up going there and I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I loved the singing and the music. And, you know, obviously it was something that I was discovering for myself. But I always say, you know, when people ask, you know, you know, how did you learn to sing? It was definitely God showed me or taught me how to sing. And I go, you know, so how does that make any sense? Well, you know, during like the kind of worship kind of things that we used to do there, especially worship practice, um, you're kind of singing to, um, you, know, a, a, you know, an entity that's beyond you. You know what I mean? You can't conceive him, you can't touch him, you can't whatever, but you feel him. And so, you know, so it's a lot bigger than you. 
So you're always pushing the limits vocally. Do you know what I mean? Because this is how I'm feeling, so I need to express that. This is how I'm feeling, so I need to express that. So it was always beyond you. you know what I mean, so I was always pushing limits for for notes and lines, and this is how I'm feeling. How do I express that? You know. So yeah. So that kind of really set me in good stead regarding performing. Um, you know, regarding kind of being in touch with emotions and expressing that as well. Yeah. That's yeah. fascinating because I've spoken to a lot of people mm. about how church influenced yeah. their singing. They were brought up with the church and then yeah. they sang in the choir or whatever. Mm. But I've never had anyone explain mm. the faith side of it yeah. that, that that actually created the way they, sang, they yeah. sing. Yeah. I think that's, just, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Oh. <laughs> um, tell me about Lennox Lewis. Oh. Lennox Lewis discovered you or something. Yeah, you know yeah. What, it, what it was? Like, I'm a huge, huge boxing fan. I love... All combat sports. I mean, I um, I just last year, um, I just I got my well, I say just it took me like 15, 16 years, but um, I got my black belt in Brazilian jiu jitsu, and so that's taken me like sixteen years. And prior to that, I did karate. And prior to that, I boxed and Thai boxed and wrestled and all sorts. And um, and so you know, so when Lennox Lewis, so basically Lennox Lewis was fighting for he was I think he was defending his title against Mike Tyson, and this was in Tennessee, Memphis, Tennessee. And um, and I was like, oh. And then I got a call through my management. Um, Lennox wants you to sing the national anthem. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, right? <clears throat> I took a step back and I did cry a few tears because it was so overwhelming. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? And the thing is, right, growing up as well, I always wanted to, um, you know, especially growing up in East London and having these aspirations of being a singer, to um, have my friends, you know, growing up in the estate that I grew up in, um, you know, watching telly, watching these big fights. And wait, that's Sean. <laughs> Singing the national anthem, you know, whatever. And so anyway, so I got called to do that. And I, and it first class, you know, first time I jumped on the plane, first oh, class, wow. it was just... Turned left. It. Oh, you know, I was nice. like, ooh, this is good. <laughs> <clears throat> and at the time, um, so you can imagine everybody was there. Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think of it. Um, Cuba Gooding Jr., um, Val Kilmer, George Foreman... Ian Wright, me and Ian Wright were sitting together, so we were so chatting. So you weren't nervous that. at all about this? I was terrified. <laughs> I'll tell you a little story, actually. I'll say a little story. But it was quite traumatic at the time. It's only now I can laugh about it. But um, so I went to um, a really prestige kind of um, suit designer. And um, so we were trying on these different suits. And obviously, you know, when they don't fit properly, you kind of get them tailored up and all that stuff. And so what the mistake I, did, I made was that I'm trying on these trousers. And so obviously you tailored them. So I was trying about three, four pairs of trousers to make sure they fit right. And so, um, you know, they obviously got them tailored up. So they must have tailored the wrong pair of trousers. So if you can imagine, I'm not going to stand up because obviously I'm on the mic here, but you can imagine the trousers were kind of up here. They look like shorts. <laughs> so, so, right. So it's just slightly longer, just whatever. And so the, the jacket was long as well. Um, Designed-wise, it was kind of long just past my butt. So anyway, so... I was like, so, so I tried, so I went to the hotel room and you know, everything's all whatever pristine. I got the, this, you know, the suit bag up there, trying on the suit now, just as I was going on to sing this national anthem. And I saw the trousers and I was like, no, no. So I had to put, so you can imagine I was walking around like one of those um, American kind of gangster rappers at the trousers kind of. Did you start half, that fashion? Yeah, you I, pulled I, your I, trousers I, down, I, didn't you? Yeah, so I, that they would down below right. your bottom. That's right. So I like it's to think. Fault. It's right. your fault. It's your fault. All the young kids after that thought, that's a look. I'll stick my trousers down onto my bottom. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. And then, anyway, so that was good. So <clears throat> got up there, sang the national anthem and all that good stuff. And um, no, actually, now prior to that, 
um, one of the guys, um, I think it was the manager of the, one of the American singer singing the American National Anthem. And he goes, you know, um, our boy is going to knock your boy out kind of thing. And I was like, no, he's not, mate. Listen, man, we're, we're Londoners, mate. This ain't going to happen, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, so, so it's almost like he kind of made it a bit of a competition between his artist and myself. And I was like, oh, gosh, this is getting that ridiculous. So I jumped on the thing there when everyone had kind of come to the room, into the, I think it was the, the Pyramid it was in Vegas in, yeah. yeah no in um in Memphis it oh, was, right, sorry, yeah. in so, Memphis. but yeah but it's like it was still a kind of pyramid um theater auditorium but that was called so I got in there sang the song and she sang hers the American National Anthem and as I came off came out of the ring there walked out all the Americans again man that was fantastic man I was like oh, thank you very much thank you very much. he goes you should have sang ours too <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. Yes, get it. <laughs> <laughs> now, how do we go from soul singer, mm-hmm. which is what you were, yeah. to musical theatre? How did that leap? Because it is a bit of a leap. Oh, it's actually. huge. How yeah. did that happen? You know, I think um, growing up, you know, I've always, like I said, you know, I always had dreams of being a singer, period. And, um, and I, I don't know what kind of came to my mind that a singer, if you're a singer, you should be able to sing most things. You know, we kind of, you know, and not not well, but, you know, sing most things. So I was always experimenting vocally, whether it was, with, you know, trying to sing opera, trying to sing whatever. I was always trying to experiment vocally. And um, so what happened was, so when this kind of the transition kind of happened, it wasn't too much of a big one, really. It was just kind of <clears throat> adjusting vocally a little a little bit, you know, if that makes any sense. So, you know, so for example, when I did um, Les Mis, it was like, you know, I kind of to deepen the tones and pronounce every word and all of that kind of stuff where soul music you kind of slightly laid back and whatever but what happened was it was totally by accident um i saw a, an article in the newspaper i think it was the voice newspaper at the time and chaka khan was doing a musical it was mama wanna sing and um my mum said you know you should audition for that i was like mom i don't want to do musicals Jamming music isn't that for me, man. I want to, you know, I want to, I'm a singer songwriter, you know. <laughs> what do I know? I don't want to do musical. She goes, you know, you should go for it. Should, it sounds like a really good show and whatever. And it's Shaka Khan, and I was a huge fan of Shaka Khan, still am. And so, um, you know, you know, I had an audition, got got the audition, and it was an open audition, and you know, got a, a small part in it. It was ensemble, and um, yeah, and literally that was it. So, um, an agent came to see the show liked me in it I signed up with him so none of it was kind of much of a chore so I can't even look back and say you know what this is what I planned this is what you know I planned this is you know my, this is my strategy and it was a mastermind behind the whole thing I had no clue <laughs> no clue whatsoever I still don't and um, so you know I signed up with this, this agent and then he literally you know you know, auditioned for this so the next show I think was um, The Who's Tommy which had kind of you have to change the vocal, you know a little bit more rocky mm-hmm. rock opera and so they said to me, Sean, can you sing, can you try this? I was like, okay. So I, tr- I tr- sang the song, tried it a bit. It's still soulful. And yeah, that was it. So yeah, cool. Have that. So I've literally just been doing... And you've yeah. talked about trusting the song, which I think mm-hmm. is quite interesting because mm. perhaps with other genres of music, mm-hmm. musical theatre is a pretty strict discipline. You yes. Know, yeah. Especially when you, you know, you probably don't originate the part frequently. Right. You're going yeah. in, you're singing someone else's part, the orchestra's playing what the orchestra's playing. Yeah. So you can't go all over yeah. the shop with it yeah. um, so it, do you find that limiting or do you enjoy just trusting that song um, you know I, I, sometimes it's limiting yes it is um, you know 
Because, you know, obviously as singers you want to express it and do, do what you feel is right for that song. But at the same time, when you're doing, when you're telling a story, you know, it's, it's very important to just tell the story. You know, so, you know, for, so for example, you know, you know, I'm, you know I'm, I'm doing The Lion King at the moment. And so everything that I'm doing on stage is about Little Simba. It's not about me, it's about Little Simba. So I have to tell the story in its purest form as much as I can, of course, in its purest form. And, you know, so the audience, so the audience get a true uh, picture of it. So I can't go off and start trying to riff the Mufasa song. It'll make no sense. You know, so I'm having a conversation with, the, with, with Simba. So <clears throat> I'm going to tell the story as it is. And so and also I have to bear in mind is that a lot of people are coming to see the show for the first time. You know, so as much as it might be a little bit boring and, and daunting from, oh gosh, here we go. They're seeing it for the first time. So I, again, I have to be true to what the piece is. Mm. So yes, very important. But your your sole career is running alongside your musical yes, theatre career. Yeah. So your most recent album was Evergreen. That, yes, was, was. that was released, what, two years ago? Yeah, two years ago, yeah. Um, do you think your music's changed over the years? And, and if so, how? Um, it definitely has. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's changed um, because of myself maturing, really. Back in the day, it was kind of, when I first signed a record, it was like, okay, what's out at the moment? And how can this fit into the marketplace? And will I be relevant? And all this kind of stuff. And now it's, um, you know, because I left, I, I kind of stepped back from the music industry for a long time. You know, so after, was it this, I think it was a Sony deal. I kind of step back and say, okay, you know, I'm done with this. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm, you know, I'm loving musicals. I love acting. This is great. Until maybe seven years ago, and I thought, okay, here we go. Something just kicked in, and I thought, you know, I, I've got something to say again. Um, and it wasn't, you know, trying to fit into the marketplace or hopefully this will sell or whatever. I just said, you know, okay, I, I had to be honest with myself. And I thought to myself, you know, okay, Sean, what do you love? What do you love singing? You're, you're a soul singer. That's what you are. You know, and people like to pigeonhole you anyway. So that's what you are. So just be true, you know, and who's your influences? So, you know, this is a conversation with myself. And I say, you know, Marvin Gaye and, you know, Stevie Wonders and, you know, Donny Hathaways and all this. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, just stick to your lane and see what happens. Make music that makes you feel good. You know, write lyrics that are true to what you're feeling. And I think, like I said, it's, I think it's a bit of maturity that kind of kicked in as well. And that's when the music started to change. And I think as well, you know, true to performing and writing and all that kind of stuff, if you're honest with yourself, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if it's coming from a, a place of truth, um, people will latch onto that. You know, it's people kind of go, oh, and you know, when you hear people say, oh, I really felt that. Because, you know, sometimes I hear someone and they're singing and their vocal range might not be all that. In fact, they might not be the greatest of singers at all. But they're so truthful. And it's so honest, and you kind of go, oh "My gosh, that was amazing!" Do you know what I mean? So it kind of, so it's so maybe it's my maturity that kind of connects with the talent at the right time that kind of pushed the music in that direction. Like I said before, um, it's not like I can, be, you know, masterminded this thing. You know, it's just kind of something that's kind of just dragged me along with it, really. Well, you see, you're masterminding something because I've been spying on you. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> and, and your Twitter feed says. Yeah. Cooking up a new album. That, that's yeah, your words. That's right, your yeah. words. What, what are you cooking? What recipe? And when, when can we eat it? <laughs> all right, so right now I'm putting all the ingredients in. But um, yeah, so um, last year I signed with um, Decca Universal. 
And um, so, yeah, so, you know, so I literally from last year, I'm literally just working on this new album. Again, it's very soulful, very soulful. Um, live instruments, strings, it's it's quite big. Um, but again, I'm go- trying to go a little bit deeper in, the, you know, my thoughts and, you know, spirituality, um, you know, relationships, but just kind of a bit deeper, a little bit more mature. I'm kind of coming from an angle of like, okay, how would a, a grown man sing this song? How would a grown man say this? How would a, a man of my age say, okay, you know what? Um, how can I express myself and say this is how I feel without trying to be cocky, without trying to be fashionable, trying to be cool? How would I say this? And so the ethos of the album is that it's just some real quite honest, deep things in there, which I'm quite excited about, actually. Because then again, it transcends into performing. Then when the performance comes, you kind of go, okay, there's a vast amount of people there, but the music starts to kick in and you remember why you wrote the song and then just kind of, then it goes. So it helps performing wise. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not pretentious, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've got that, and then we've got you still in in the Lion King. Yeah. Do you have aspirations to be up to what other musical role? What, what have you got your eye on something in the future? Um, right now, no. To be fair, not not at all. I mean, if something comes up and it scares the hell out of me, then I'm like, yes. You, know, yeah, you I, take that challenge. Yes, I like the challenge. I like something that terrifies me. Mufasa, Do you? Yeah, scared the pants off me. And so, yeah, I like things that scare me because it kind of, I have, you have to dig a bit deeper, you know, a lot deeper to kind of go, right, okay. And it makes you a, bit, a little bit more diligent regarding preparation and everything else. So, yeah, I, I like it. I like it. But right now, no, nothing at the moment. I just, I'm, you know, I'm concentrating on the Lion King because, to be fair, that's a thing in itself. It takes up all my time. And juggling with the music and studio stuff as well. It's, um, it's, I can't really, yeah, my plate's full. Yeah, it's well, very We will look forward to it coming out oh, very much. Thank and very thank much. you so much for coming on our Magic Musicals and Theatre Podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> that was Shauna Scoffrey. And since that interview, his new album, Evergreen, has been released. So it's available now. That was the Musicals and Theatre podcast. And if you enjoyed that, then why not subscribe? It's absolutely free to our channel on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also hear me every weekend morning from 6 till 10 on Mellow Magic. Mellow Magic.